Stories move hearts and hearts move impact. Slingshot Stories. 10 to 15 minute episodes built around what we believe to be really practical key areas of impact that are going to help you grow in your understanding of what impact is and how you can accomplish it. Everybody's on planet Earth for a reason. Find your sweet spot, get off the bench, and get in the game. Welcome to Slingshot Stories, a series produced in collaboration with Journey to Impact. In Slingshot Memphis, I'm Ed Gillentine, and I'll be co-hosting, along with my partner in Impact, Jared Barnett, the CEO of Slingshot Memphis. We've got another great topic today. How can the average person get involved in impact and poverty alleviation? And I really love this because in the book, Journey to Impact, there's a chapter about finding your sweet spot, right? And I've always thought that every human being is on planet Earth for a reason. And we need to find our groove, right? And so in the book, it talks about kind of like a Venn diagram, like nothing fancy. What are my passions? What are my skills and experiences? And how do those fit together? And if I can find that sweet spot in the middle, that may be a good indicator of where I need to focus on impact. So when you think about how does the normal person get involved? Because guess what? We're not all Bill Gates, right? We can't be stroking billion-dollar checks. And so it's easy to say, oh, how can I help? Talk about that for a minute, Jared. How can we get involved? The starting point of this is, is finding that sweet spot uh, because I view that as, as the starting point of a personal return on investment for your, your effort, right? I love that term. Um, if you're not focusing on that, um, you're being inefficient with what your talents and, and God-given abilities are uh, in a way that could be interpreted as kind of depriving others of those unique gifts and talents that you have. Yeah, talk, let me, I want to interject because I want to jump on that for a minute. If you've got a talent or a gift and you've got a reason, a purpose for being on planet Earth, which I believe almost always includes helping others, and you don't do it, that's a big problem. Yeah, well, it, it, it could be something as simple from just not doing it or, or doing it other ways, right? So a great example is my wife's a nurse. She could go and work at a soup kitchen all day and it would contribute, it would be helpful, right. but disproportionate to someone like me who gets really queasy with anything to do with medical stuff, <laughs> right? She would add so much more value if she's using what she, her training and her experience around nursing to volunteer in a way that leverages that unique skill set, right? That now the value of that hour or three hours that she spends is magnified versus doing it in just something that somebody else could do that doesn't have that unique passion or, or experience that she yeah. has. And so I think that's just a, as we think about how the average person gives, if we think about how do we do it in a way that, again, leverages that sweet spot, you're already on that journey to a higher return on investment or a higher impact because you're doing it based on where you're most uniquely um, positioned to do so. And that's what I think you're talking about, personal return on investment. Soup Kitchen is a fantastic impact. But for your wife, being a nurse in whatever specialty she's trained at is a higher impact. Is that sort of the concept? Absolutely. And, and that's not just for nursing, right? But it's for each of us in those unique ways that we're, um, you know, that our sweet spots come together. Yeah. So sort of take that personal ROI idea and talk about specific ways that people can have impact um, within the ecosystem. Because So I'm thinking, you know, it's as simple as voting, 
right? Yeah. And it's as simple. We talked a lot about proximity. So, so dive into that for a minute. You know, again, going back to some of the themes we talked about here, if we think about our contributions to poverty alleviation and to impact, we want to think about what's the outcomes we want to achieve with our, our own time or money or resources. And so as we think of that, um, that should help us think about where do we then spend our time. So if I'm fantastic at working with people and engaging with people and have a skill set there, my contribution might be better suited around volunteering and engaging with people and galvanizing other people to be a part of something that is effective. If I'm phenomenal at um, making money, right? Yeah. Well, how do I use that talent to contribute, right? So I can make the money, but maybe I'm not the best at how to allocate that money because I'm not close enough to the situation. I don't have that proximity. So who can I find that knows that and can help make sure that if I'm creating money and I want to contribute that to poverty alleviation, that I'm doing that in a way that's creating the most impact for the the money that I'm contributing. And that could be $5, that could be $500,000, right? That the amount doesn't matter as much as the impact, you know, that it's creating relative to, to the amount. And so th- that's, I think, kind of where we, we can get going. And so that could be, again, you know, volunteering, but volunteering in a way that leverages your unique skills, yeah. right? Um, my experience has been when you do that more consistently, you see a lot make greater impact than when you do that once a year or haphazardly, right? Uh, so a good example of, of something like this is we work with an organization called Light Memphis. They do entrepreneurial-related uh, programming and help the, the young adults they work with create entrepreneurial ideas and go through this process to try and convert those into business. If you're a good entrepreneur, that's an awesome fit, right? If you're not, that's maybe not something you should do. But but that consistency is what really helps as well when it comes to something like volunteering or even with something like investing. And I use the term investing because I am adamant that we should think about philanthropy and impact with an investment mindset, right? We want to produce something with that investment. Uh, and so you won't hear me say the word donor or charity or things, because right. I think that it minimizes the importance of um, of how we would give financial resources. 100% agree. And so, you know, in addition to, you know, volunteering, in addition to investing, I think there's a huge piece around this community aspect of it. So how do we get others aware how do we involve others and invite others to be a part of this? Because one individual isn't going to solve poverty, right? That's right. not what's going to happen. It's too many issues, too interconnected. But if we get enough people who are participating and are doing it with this personal ROI mindset or return on investment mindset, we have the ability to kind of galvanize all of that skill, talent, experience, resources in a way that's so much more impactful than everyone working in a silo individually. I like how you put that, and it triggered something, uh, two things, actually. In my work in Ethiopia, it actually got started because I was asked to come down there in a capacity of a business background and deal with the government. So we started working with at-risk children, street kids. And so at the time, there were four or five million orphans in the country of Ethiopia, which at the time was about 85 million, it was a big, big percentage, primarily from the AIDS epidemic that just, or pandemic, I don't know, whatever's above pandemic, that just devastated Africa. And so there were, I believe, 
quarter of a million, maybe street kids in Addis Ababa alone. And so we were working with these kids. And the first time I got to go down there, I thought, well, I'll get to go help these kids. And so I think in, in my context, right, my proximity, I can go down and help uh, a ma'am at the basketball court. I can play hoops with some, some kids and I can give them a hug and high five. Right. But in the Ethiopian context of street children, um, a male in proximity terrified them because those were the ones that were getting them into sweatshops and beating them and all these things. And I realized very quickly, I was cross-cultural. By the way, this was really hard for my wife because she was a very accomplished primary school teacher. And so she was expecting to be able to go down there and and really help. So I I learned really quickly, cross-cultural, severe trauma, and mostly the trauma came from males, right? And so I couldn't go help them because I was causing more challenges. But then I was able to go help as a suit, I call it. As a, and I, I, I literally, I put my tie and my suit on, and I went to the government officials and started talking to them. And I was able to use my skill, right, uh, and my passion to help street kids. So if you ask me, what are you passionate about? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm passionate about at-risk children around the globe. And if you were to ask me, would you ever go, like, do, you know, week-long camps with them? No, I don't. But that's because I feel like uh, I stumbled. I, I wish I could say I did it strategically, but I stumbled into my groove. And that was one of the things that made me think about uh, as I was writing the book, how do you get there? And a part of that is your skills. I want to add too, Ed, so you hit the term proximity. And I think that that's incredibly important. And, and the work that I've done and the work that Slingshot has done, there's so much value in proximity and, and being closer. And in the situation you brought up, you went with a, you know, the intent and the desire to go do something and you had kind of your, your sweet spot you'd figured out, but it didn't work the first time you were there, like right. in what you thought would be the solution. And so when we are proximate and, and in the environment and trying to understand that, we then gain enough information to understand even further how can we apply our unique skills and experience in a way that produces the outcomes that we want. Right, so it, it's that's another piece I think to this puzzle of thinking about how does the average person contribute to to poverty alleviation. There's an element of proximity and understanding that really will help magnify everything else we've already talked about. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of make a little bit of a tangent before we wrap this up. We've been talking a lot about gathering data and metrics. Look, it doesn't have to be a spreadsheet and door to door surveys, right? What we just talked about, me going to Ethiopia, the things that you've experienced, that is gathering data, processing it, and tweaking the approach, right? And so, um, and, and I want to go back to something that you, you mentioned really briefly earlier about skills and skill sets. You mentioned making money. We all know people that can make money in their sleep. It's, it's just a gift, right? I want to encourage anybody that's listening that either is a moneymaker or knows a moneymaker, you're critical to the puzzle, you're critical to the to the ecosystem, and don't feel guilty because you don't go and help at-risk street kids in Ethiopia by feeding them or holding them in their lap, in your lap, or playing games with them. Don't feel guilty when you know intrinsically I can make lots of money and funnel it to good organizations. And here's the connection with Slingshot, I believe, is the greater the um, the greater these impact studies and the broader they go, the more diversified the portfolio, you are an organization and there's lots more like Slingshot. Y'all are an organization where money makers can say, I love those guys because I can do what I'm made to do, my sweet spot, 
and I know my dollars are getting maximum um, maximum return. Does that make sense? It does. I think a great analogy, if we if building on that, is the concept of like a, a team sport, right? Right. Where you know you have players that have to play different roles. If everybody in your team was only, let's say, basketball was only a scorer. Well, one, they wouldn't coexist because they wouldn't get the ball enough and get enough shots. But two, your defense would be horrendous, right? And it right. doesn't matter how many points you score if you can't stop the other team. At least in my mindset, defense wins sure. championships. A little old school, but uh, we can go with that. Yeah. And so what I think is important is how do you create this, um, you know, as a community, right? We all have, as a in Memphis and in other communities, we all have different skill sets. So how do we leverage those in a way that we're each doing those as effectively as possible? And it's that combination uh, of roles in, in fighting poverty that's needed and, and, and as an individual, right, if I'm bringing my sweet spot to the game, if I'm proximate and understanding it, and I'm focusing on the outcomes that I'm creating so that I'm providing the greatest return on investment of my contribution, if we each did that, it would be a massive transformation for how we, we you know, poverty alleviation occurs. Catalytic in my mind, where the sum is greater then the, the outcome is, is greater than the sum of its parts. I want to wrap up with this. You said earlier, a single person's not going to alleviate, not going to move the needle in poverty because it's so complex and it's so nuanced and you have to know so much. But without everybody doing their part, it's going to fail. And so what I want to leave everyone with, if there's a takeaway, let's go back to sort of the point even of this podcast series is get off the bench. You can't do it by yourself, but we can't do it without you. And we can't do it without you being in your sweet spot. So everybody's on planet earth for a reason. Find your sweet spot, get off the bench and get in the game. Thank you for listening. We love your feedback. So please let us know what you thought about this episode, as well as what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For more information, impact resources, or to purchase a copy of the book, Journey to Impact, visit edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. The book is also available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Target.com. For Ed Gillentine speaking inquiries or advertising opportunities, send us an email at ajourneytoimpact at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the Journey to Impact podcast team. Executive producer, Ed Gillentine. Associate producer, Meredith Taylor. Produced and edited by Joey Woodruff. Special thanks to Stephen Chandler. Mm-hmm.